What number is this, Chip? You ready? Mm-hmm. Episode 92. Want to tell them who's the special guest today, Mickey? Hi, this is Mickey Dolan's of the Monkeys. Happy birthday, Zilch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, I mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. You're listening to Zilch, a Monkeys podcast. Joining us at the Zilch Clubhouse is the one, the only, sir, why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> uh, it's the one and only me, Mickey Dolans. <laughs> wow. Mickey Dolans <laughs> has finally come here. Boy, we've been doing this for three years now, talking about everything you've ever done. It's kind of creepy, isn't it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I guess so. <laughs> But you know, that's right. <laughs> but 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 you're... I appreciate it. I really do. I appreciate your uh, your coverage. Well, Mickey, we are here for you. We are here for all the guys and everybody that's part of the monkey story because it's it's not just the four of you. It's it's everybody from behind the scenes to the people that worked on the show to the Absolutely. entire phenomenon. And yeah. you've you've always been very gracious, and you've always pointed that out that it wasn't just you and the other three. It was so many people. And we're just glad to have you here. You were on a list, and finally, it has happened. So, yep, Mickey. Now you're an old radio man. You did the uh, WCBS, so this is kind of the same kind of thing we're doing today. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you, I woke woke me up to the. <laughs> I've always uh, had a lot of respect for the industry, mm-hmm. um, and even as a little kid, I built a little FM transmitter and would sit in the garage and play records and transmit to my mom in the kitchen going uh well weather in the driveway is going to be <laughs> <laughs> and um i always had a a, a fascination with it and mm-hmm. sat in in a couple of radio stations over the years just for fun mm-hmm. but boy i tell you I, it, it's a wake-up call people have no idea how difficult that is to to um uh to perform those duties because Unlike, well, television or film or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, or live, you have only one of the five senses <laughs> that you can use. Yeah. That's it. You got one, and it's challenging. Well, there's an old saying, anyone can do radio, not everyone can do it well. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. 
Mickey, you've earned your place in the hearts of all of your fans, and there's been so many accolades that have come your way. What keeps Mickey Dolans doing this? What keeps you on the road? A moving target's harder to hit. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's, it's, it's what I do. I tried retiring once when I was like, I don't know, 35 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just got bored to death. But again, I don't, you know, it's hardly work. I mean, that's why they call it playing. You know? Yeah. The work is getting there. As, as you've probably heard the joke, they pay us the travel we sing for free. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, I've, and I'm blessed that, that I usually always play to a, uh, always an excited crowd. It may not be a huge crowd, but they're always excited, you know, and when, when you have that going for you, then you can't help but get excited yourself. I always liken it to somebody throwing your birthday party every night. Mm-hmm. Of course, then again, I'm surrounded by this incredible material, the songwriters that were writing for me back in the day and even now on the new album, Good Times. Yes. What an excellent, excellent album. Just yeah, I'm get- very proud of that. Very proud of it. Yeah. I'm telling you, as a longtime Monkees fan, you could not have given us a greater gift. Everybody at Rhino, the, all the guys in the studio, and you and Mike and Peter, <laughs> just fantastic work. Just absolutely stunning. Did you ever think you'd be making something this great in 2017 under the names The Monkees? Well, you know, no. I, I, if, if, you've, if you'd have asked me a couple of years ago... Where, where you think you'll have a top 20 album in 19, uh, 2016. Yeah. No, I, I would have said, oh, I doubt it. I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure we can get a little, uh, we'll sell a few, we get a little airplay and stuff. No, there's no way. But then again, there's no way you'd have known in 1966 either. Right, absolutely. Um, you, just, you just take a shot. I, it, one thing, curious thing that did occur to me is that the equivalent of us having this top 20 uh, album in 2016 the equivalent would have been in 1966 for an act to have a top 20 album from the year 1916 mm-hmm. like the world world war one yes like eddie like, Cantor like if, uh, or or uh, enrico caruso or something yeah rudy valley or something rudy valley yeah, yeah. it's absolutely amazing and it was great to see a lot of the press who normally did not shine a good light on the Monkees project, really changing their tune. That yeah, had no, to be. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, that 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 really had to be something. To read these things in Rolling Stone or or even on their website, that how much they loved the new album. Yeah, uh, and I'm like I say, and I'm very very proud of it. I think over the years, a lot of people have sort of. A lot of, as you say, the media and the press and stuff. I think over the years, funnily enough, people just started getting it. Mm-hmm. They got what the monkeys was about. Whereas in the in the very early days, the original days, a lot of people did not get it. <laughs> they, they just didn't get what it was all about. But the people that I cared about did. So that's why I never really paid much attention to... Uh, to the press and to uh, the naysayers, because I got what, what it was about, and the people I cared about, like Alice Cooper and Frank Zappa, for mm-hmm. instance, absolutely, Vic, 
big fan. And <clears throat> he got it. Andy Warhol I, I met a couple times, and he got it. So the people that I cared about uh, got it. And, of course, when you're as successful as we were, frankly, you, you just don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it had really died a death, you know, been some total bomb, the TV show and the records, then, then yeah, you might go, oh, boy, oops, I guess we screwed that up. But when it's as successful as it was, you, you got to figure somebody's wrong. You know? Yeah. And but having said that, I think it it's fair. Nothing like that had ever been attempted on television. Uh -huh. Nothing um, like everybody thought we were trying to be the try. You know, it was a American version of the Beatles thing. Uh -huh. It wasn't at all. I mean, it was John Lennon actually that first said, "I like the Monkees. I like the Marx Brothers." Yeah. It was. If you understand, as I know you do, it was. A television show about an imaginary group that wanted to be the Beatles and on the television show we never were it was that struggle for success that I think helped endear endear it to you know a whole gen well now three generations mm -hmm. and um, so I, I never really uh, was too worried about the naysayers but I must admit that it is nice to have some, <laughs> I don't know, vindication or something. Well, what's the old saying? Success is the best revenge, right? And you, <laughs> yeah. and, you and you literally well put. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you literally have outlived some of your critics. So <laughs> yeah, true. That too. You know. Yeah. At that time, nothing like that had ever been attempted. Mm -hmm. You know. There was very little crossover between television and, and music, very little. And all of a sudden, we came out of left field in a way. And there was quite a, there was quite a protocol, in, <laughs> to put it kindly, mm -hmm. in, in the music business, as you may know and yes. I'm sure remember. Mm -hmm. You had to go through the, up the chain. You had to go through a certain process engage certain people <laughs> and buy your way to some degree yeah into into the you know through the record companies and the radio stations who were very very powerful and <clears throat> all of a sudden here come the monkeys totally out of left field and these ra radio station people and rack jobbers and distributors they had to place our product you're right they had no choice and I think it probably pissed some of them off, you know. Well, really what you're addressing is payola, right? Yeah. And, and for people who may not even know what that means, it was kind of like a, a pay-to-play kind of a thing. Yeah. Where the music business, the other side of that was, look, we, we believe in this act. We want you to promote them. Here's whatever thing is going to make you do that whether it's yeah. in the case of like in the 70s a lot of like someone might get a package with white powder in it or something yes, like right. that so <laughs> here well, you in go in the 60s it was probably more like a ford mustang or yeah <laughs> so it was things like that and when you think about it it was things like elvis or the beatles or the monkeys that became sensations and overstepped those things and tv was that big 
thing that that kind of shot all that apart in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because nobody really expected that kid from Memphis to take off like he did, but boy, did he ever! Yeah, no and, kidding. And and you guys did as well. So it's a lot of people may not realize how the payola thing might have caused you guys a lot of problems. Well, I think at the time, like I say, that, that radio stations had no choice. They had to play this stuff. The demand mm -hmm. was just too great. Right. And, you know, I suppose we received the brunt of it. But it would have been post-Monkeys when it would have been the most obvious, when mm -hmm. I didn't do much recording and, and trying to get records out. But I know Mike did, and I would, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but he came up against... <laughs> A lot of uh, those those people from the 60s that said, mm -hmm. you know, sorry, screw you. <laughs> yeah, you're not in our special club. No. But that's enough about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll talk about towards that towards the end. I understand that the 50 Summers of Love is now on sale. You can now get tickets for the 50 Summers of Love. What is yeah. that all about? Well, it's a, an idea that um, a producer came up with, and it's a compilation show. I've done a few of those, like Teen Idols mm -hmm. and, um, and some other ones, Happy Together. But the, uh, the difference, I hope, is I've always wanted to do a compilation show, but not in the traditional sense where the first act comes out, does 10 minutes, second act comes out, does 15 minutes, third act comes out in 20 minutes, and then the headliner comes out and does 40, you know which is great, and I've done many, many of those shows with wonderful, wonderful performers. But I've always wanted to turn it into a bit more like the Rat Pack. Yes. Uh, where you, you don't come out and just do the opening and then go home. So in this case, it's not going to quite be the Rat Pack, but in this case, myself and my good friend Mark Lindsay, and he, he's bought into it. He likes the idea. Basically, we're going to do the whole show together, or most of it. And I'm going to sing on his tunes, and he's going to sing on mine. And then, you know, maybe we will go off stage, and somebody will do a ballad or, or mm -hmm. whatever. But for the most part, I want to have us on stage the whole time kibitzing, because you, you can hear me sing Clarksville all the time in my right. solo show. You can hear him sing, um, you know, kicks uh, in his show all the time but when are you going to hear mickey dolan's and mark's Lindsay do stepping stone together the uh battle of the titans if you will well more like dean martin and uh frank sinatra yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to not mention the fab four that's even better i mean that is a wonderful i think a wonderful combination it is um they're going to be coming out and doing a, a Beatles set and then they're going to come out and back mark and i up and, of course, as you know, they're a phenomenal band. They are. They are. Phenomenal musicians, besides the fact they do a great Beatle tribute thing. So not only will they get to see the Fab Four in costume do a complete set, but then Mark Lindsay, the voice and lead vocalist for Paul Revere and the Raiders, and some guy named Mickey Dolans from the Monkees, it's just a sensory overload. This is going to be fantastic. Well, I hope so, and I hope people uh, will appreciate the fact that you'll, you, you, won't, you can't see this anywhere else, you know. Right. I'm, I'll be doing backgrounds, singing backgrounds to, to Mark Lindsay, and he'll be singing backgrounds to me, and then we'll mess about. He's so funny. He has an incredibly wonderful sense of humor. 
great so timing I too. I expect it's going to be pretty crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, this is going to be great. Celebrate the anniversary of the Summer of Love with Mickey Dolenz from the Monkees, Mark Lindsay, former lead singer of Paul Revere and the Raiders, and the Fab Four. The 50 Summers of Love Tour coming your way. We are going to have a Zilch meetup there before the show, and we will be giving out buttons there. And so we will see you, and we want to encourage everybody to go out and get tickets for the 50 Summers of Love Tour. You will not regret it. Trust me, this is going to be awesome. And speaking of Zilch buttons, are you sick of seeing those at every show yet? No, no, never. <laughs> and no, no, you know, <clears throat> like I said, it's to me, it's like somebody throwing you a birthday party every night. Ah. <laughs> um, I never get tired of it, no. Now, did you see the Mickey buttons, the ones with a picture of, a, a drawing of early Mickey and a modern day Mickey? <laughs> it's, it's definitely done in honor of you, and it, instead, of it say, instead of it saying the, the monkeys, it says the Mickeys, so... <laughs> because, okay, good. Uh, feel free to use that. <laughs> well, yeah, I can't wait to start this this show. I'm I'm very excited about it. Now, you also have some regular Mickey solo shows coming up with your regular band. How are those going? I know that you're. Oh, doing... I got so many. I'm, every day, I, I a new one comes in. Mm -hmm. Best thing to do is just look at my website and uh, you find out when and where. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You are blessed with a tremendous band there. Everybody yeah. from Coco to Wayne to Rich yeah. to John yeah. and Dave, just amazing. And to me, those are my monkeys at this point. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? So I've I've kind of dubbed you guys the Mickeys. So you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll like That's the cool. uh, yeah. Maybe you'll like the drawing so much you can use it and uh, put T-shirts out. Fine, mm. you can do that. I just donate the art. Yeah, I have I have a great band. <laughs> I've been blessed to have a, a really great band behind me. Mm -hmm. They're they're a deadly deadly in their talent, fantastic folks, and 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 they're great ambassadors too. That's the thing yeah. a lot of people don't understand. They're really good with the fans, and you you really can't buy that sort of thing. It's just fantastic. No, and you do have to be careful because over the years. <clears throat> You know, naturally, you end up working with some people that maybe aren't quite as, as gracious or mm -hmm. as polite and stuff. And, and you have to part ways, you know. You have to say, I'm sorry, but that's not the way we roll, you know. Right. Absolutely. 
Now, Mickey, you recently did one of the 54 Below shows with Coco, and you've mm -hmm. had some success with those. Many of our staff and friends were there. What did you like most about doing these kinds of shows, and can you tell us why you enjoy the cabaret style of show? Well, I guess a lot of it had to do with just me uh, being scared and, and maybe just needing a bit of a, a challenge. You know, mm -hmm. it's way outside my comfort zone um, for the most part. And an unknown territory, you know, uh, uh, especially doing non-monkey songs that I have absolutely no relationship with. Um, but I did try to pick tunes that I had at least some little story to tell mm -hmm. about it. I don't know. If, did, did you see the show? No, but I did buy the CD. Okay, cool. Thank you. And I had a, I had a great time. It was scary, though, I'll be honest. <clears throat> um you know, it's a very small, intimate, uh, upmarket crowd, mm -hmm. and they have seen some of the biggest names on Broadway go through there, and great singers, and so uh, it was kind of, uh, it was scary, and I'm doing it again. I've done it twice now at 54 Below, and I'm now doing Feinstein's uh, in San Francisco, same sort of venue. That is excellent news. So folks will be able to catch it on the other coast now. Mickey will be doing that cabaret-style show in San Francisco at Feinstein's at the Nico on Friday, August 4th at 8 p.m. and Saturday, August 5th. Get your tickets now. Tickets for this show range in price from $38.50 to $75 and are available by calling 866-663-1063 or visiting www.ticketfly.com. See links in our show notes. This is fantastic. Now, one of my favorite songs off of it was Pure Imagination. Would you mind mm -hmm. if we play that now? Oh, please. Good idea. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin traveling in the world of my creation. What you'll see will defy explanation If you want a view paradise simply look around and view it anything you want to do it want to change the world there's nothing to there is no life I know to compare with pure imagination Living there, you'll be free if you truly wish to Thank you. 
If you want a view, paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do, want to change the world, there's nothing to Imagination living there, you'll be free if you truly wish to. What is it that made you choose that song, Nikki? It was a combination of, well, I knew the song, of course. Mm -hmm. I knew of it. And it was basically a, a combination of uh, myself submitting stuff. I relied very heavily on the um, arranger, Michael Moritz, who does this all the time. And the, the monkey tunes we did were pretty obvious, you know, the, mm -hmm. the ones we would do. And when it got down to the non-monkey tunes, we just started routining stuff. And... Uh, for hours and I had a bunch of uh, suggestions of stuff that I thought might work and we did end up doing a, a few of those he had some suggestions of what might work and I think it might have been I can't remember who it was that said how about pure imagination you know and it's funny because some of the ones that I thought would just be so obvious it they just didn't work and we both agreed. It was funny, you know, I'd sing something and that he'd suggested or I'd suggested. And I would say or he would say, you know, I'm, that's, I'm just not loving that. Uh -huh. And th some of the songs I, I was sure that would work, and, but, they, but they just didn't. And a lot, uh, not monkey tunes, but because the, the show, as you know, was a little bit Broadway, a little bit rock and roll. Yes. And uh, picking the Broadway tunes was hard. It always is because... Most Broadway songs are pl plot dependent. Yes. Y you know, you have to know what the story is and what's going on in the musical mm -hmm. in order for the, for the lyrics and, and the song to make sense. It's very, very unusual to have a song that, you know, well, there, as, that's why there's been very few over the decades, mm -hmm. very few hit records from Broadway tunes because it, it is so plot dependent on, on what's happening within the show. Right. So I don't remember who suggested that, but um, it worked, you know, it just worked and there we are. I'm going to tell you. Boy, does it ever work. It's one of my favorite versions of the song. And we'd like to encourage people to get out there and get the CD a little bit Broadway, a little bit rock and roll. As a matter of fact, they can even get it from you on eBay signed, correct? Correct. Oh, that's right. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. On my eBay, uh, Mickey Dolan's direct to you. Yeah. And it's, uh, I know that uh, it's, it's definitely worked good for me for Christmas because my wife, listen, my wife is one of the biggest Mickey Dolan's fans. When we uh, met you in, in uh, St. Louis, she was just glowing for weeks. It was like I didn't even need lights in the house. So when, when you hugged her, that just made her, her month. <laughs> so, so, well, thank you. So being able to get some signed stuff from your eBay store 
has really helped out as far as uh, <laughs> How cool. keeping me out of the doghouse, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, so we want to encourage folks to go there and check that out. Right. Now, you're doing these really cool meet and greets that are happening after each show. Uh, how did these come to be about, and what do you like about them? And I know that some of them are done for charity. Well, all of them. I, I contribute, um, always, I contribute a portion of all of my merchandise, whether it be a meet and greet or whether it be on the website or whether it be an autograph show. Mm-hmm. I always contribute a portion of all the proceeds to my favorite charity is Make-A-Wish. Mm. Uh, and so the, that, that always goes without saying. And uh, frankly, it was somebody that came up to me. I've done meet and greets before, but... Mm-hmm. But not to this extent, and I've, you know, or I'll do, I'll, I'll sit at the autograph table after the show. I do that a lot. Right. But someone just came up to me and said, I, I think that I, uh, we can uh, sell some tickets uh, here to a meet and greet. And, uh, you know, let's give it a shot. And we did. And it was very successful. And I must say, I, I like it a lot better than your typical step and repeat thing, you know. Right you know, stand in front of a of a screen and shake hands and take a picture, shake hands, take a picture, shake hands. I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to spend this amount of time. I want it to be a little more interesting and, and fun. And so I said, I just want to basically throw a party. Mm-hmm. And so most of them have been in a restaurant or a bar somewhere where I just, I just uh, mingle with the crowd. And the feedback I'm getting is is tremendous. They really, really uh, appreciate the the difference. And when they when they know that I'm going to be there and I ain't going to run away until I engage with everybody. And everybody kind of calms down. They don't mm-hmm. get too <laughs> frenetic. Which is great. And they just you know they know I'm going to talk to every single person and sign every single thing. And so it's like having a party. It it is a party. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll tell you, Mickey, the, our, our Facebook page just blows up after every one of your shows. We have these uh, parties as well where we give out the buttons, and then, of course, you see them later. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is, it is great to hear all the fan reaction. I, I know that we hear so much about how people are, you know, you literally having a dream come true and meeting you, and plus you get to help a charity out. So this is like a win-win-win kind of a thing. Yeah. Is there a story or fan interaction that has stood out to you? You know, I, I, it's usually just, hello, how you doing? Did you like the show? Did you have a good time? And, mm-hmm. oh, I've watched you since I was a little kid. And occasionally I, somebody uh, will get very emotional about, about it. And I've had a couple of people tell me, uh, uh, you saved my life. The monkey saved my life when I was really feeling wow. bad and really you know, having a horrible childhood or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> that happens... Well, it happens, I'm sure, to a lot of artists, but that is always very touching when stuff like that happens. And, you know, when I ask you what keeps you going, this is probably one of those things, this kind of interaction with people. You know, yeah. seeing seeing the yeah. positive effects that you've had. As a matter of fact, one of our, our listeners, Angel Llewellyn, actually got to do Nam Yoho Renge Kyo with you, and you signed a guitar for her. So you made, a, <laughs> you actually made a huge dream come true for her. So. Uh-huh. 
That's cool. Yeah, she she's still glowing about it. Again, all these women you make glow, Mickey. You're, you've got a nah. talent. <laughs> now, speaking about some other women in your life, let's talk about your daughters a little bit. Emily's been on the show before, and she's going to be on very soon again. And you have the furniture company with your daughter. And sure, Donna, yeah. Donna is just fantastic. Uh, she's, yeah, she's a, she's great. a great ambassador. She puts up with all the fans, and, and God bless her. So I just, once again, you have a great team surrounding you. Tell us a little bit about the furniture company. Well, that's <laughs> that, that's um, a wonderful story. So my daughter Georgia, the youngest, mm-hmm. she went to a university in England doing a theater degree. And when you do that, you learn, uh, besides acting and directing and writing, you also learn how to build sets. Yes. So she was in the shop, and she's always been very handy. I've always had a wood shop wherever I lived since I was a child, or my dad had one originally. Uh And so I've always been doing that. Um, And Georgia, even when she was little, would come down into the shop and bang on the nails into a piece of wood and stuff. So she learned how to... Uh, to use tools, pro- proper power tools. And she moved from England to L.A. to work being an actress. And in the meantime, she would come over and we would play around in the shop. And one day we were building a, a, a coffee table, a big glass top coffee table for a friend of hers at the time. Uh-huh. And I jokingly said, you know, we should start a business, Dolan's and Daughters Fine Furniture. And she just ran with it. I mean, within a week, we had business cards. We had a business license. We had a shopping cart. We had a website. It was like, (laughs) and that first summer, I happened to not be on tour in between tours. And it just took off. And we had so many orders, we didn't know what to do. And finally, she had to shut it down and say, I'm sorry, we can't take any more orders because daddy is going on tour. (laughs) So it's kind of a sideline. When you're not touring, it fires up, and it's it's really cool. Absolutely. Cause she was over to, over yesterday. We we, we, just, we have a designing a new product that's going to be out in a, in a couple of weeks. You want to tell us what it is? Well, I, I, not until I, we're, we're sure. Not until the uh, varnish well, is uh, dry. Well, no. We, <laughs> we, what we do is we come up with an idea, and then we build a prototype. Yes. And then we uh, sit around and use the prototype. Or have it just sit around and uh, make sure that kinda, it's going to be. Yeah, just you know, it's a, it's a, what do you call it? A in in an industry, you know, research and development. Yes, and you have to make sure that, for example, if 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 you're going to build yeah. a guitar stand, it has to be able to hold a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that's what we do. We we use it and hang with it for a while and and see if we like it and uh, if it works and maybe maybe redesign it and. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say anything now because, you know, we haven't right. got to that stage of releasing it, you know, right. <laughs> into, but, the, into the wild. But it's really cool because people are getting uh, a, a very unique item that you can't get anywhere else. It's when it comes from a Dolan's and, and, and Daughters Fine Furniture. Yeah, Dolan's and Daughters Fine Furniture. It, it is a unique item. And how many people can say that they had a rock star make a <laughs> coffee table for them or a cajon or, yeah. or something? So And we sign everything. Everything's yes. signed, signed and numbered. So we want to encourage folks to check that out. We will have links in the show notes. Now, your last album, Remember, your last solo album, that mm. was one of my favorite albums of all time. 
I, oh, I thought it was fantastic. I loved what you and the producer were able to do. And uh, Phil Kagey's guitar work was really good on that. It's, oh, boy. He's just amazing in anything he does. Is there a chance that we may see a Remember 2? Well, not right at this moment. Um, no. <laughs> frankly, <laughs> you are uh, busy. <laughs> frankly, uh, last year was... I've talked about it with the producer. Um, mm-hmm. But frankly, I've been... You know, last year I was gone the whole year, basically, on the 50-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing and then good times came out and we're still riding a, the crest on that one right and there's talk about some other monkey recording stuff nothing nothing definite right but you never know but it is in the back of my mind it's you know it took you know we worked on that for years literally mm-hmm. Be- because all of those songs as you know if you heard it they were very very important to me in in different ways Mm-hmm. And it was like this little musical diary of my life. And when we've talked about it, doing another one, you know, it's like I'm not sure I can find 12 more songs that have that sort of a, a personal reference to me, if you know what I mean. But I, ha- I, have, been, I have thought about it. And so you never know. <laughs> Watch the skies. All right. Well, I, I definitely will be looking because it, it's such a great album. We turned to a lot of people on to it uh, in one of our early episodes. We said we just have to discuss this album. You folks need to check this out. So I want to encourage everybody out there to get a copy of Remember. If you want to hear a great album, this is this is one to pick up. Um, I'm, I'm very proud of it. Very proud of that album. You should be. You absolutely should be. Save his life, called his wife in Nothing to say, what a day has your boy been Nothing to do, it's up to you I got nothing to say, but it's okay Going to work, don't want to go, feeling low down Heading for home to start to roam Now you're in town Everybody knows there's nothing to do Everything is closed, it's like a room Everyone you see is half asleep You're on your own, you're in the street After a while you start to smile Now you By the old school Nothing has changed It's still the same I got nothing to say But it's okay And meet the wife 
Somebody needs to know the time glad time here Watching the skirts you start to flirt now you're in gear Go to a show I hope she goes I've got nothing to say but it's okay Good morning Good morning Good morning. Now, as far as uh, possible albums, have you ever thought about doing a live album slash DVD with your current band, you know, Wayne and everything? Well, I have one. I have one out. It's on, I think it's also on my uh, Etsy, uh, uh, e- not Etsy, uh, e- eBay site. Yes. It's yes. called, um, I have uh, Live at BB King's. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a CD. And then the uh, DVD is Mickey Live at the Arcata Theater. Which is fantastic. I think it's on, up on uh, eBay. I, frankly, I, I haven't checked recently, mm-hmm. but I, I thought it was. So, yeah, absolutely I've done that. And it's, uh, it's, it's up there and out there. And, uh, you're, and you're so right about that band, you know. Wayne and the guys are just, just phenomenal. Absolutely amazing musicians. Yeah. 
let's talk a little bit about the TV show. And as far as the Monkees Blu-ray set, were you happy with how it came out? Uh, seeing oh, it? a beautiful package. I mean, yes. <clears throat> I saw some of the... We, they showed me some at, at Rhino. And oh my God, the, the, uh, the quality of that is phenomenal. They went through that whole series... <clears throat> um, you know, one frame at a time. Mm -hmm. The only downside is you can see every pimple in my face. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, if you want to see more of Mickey's pimples from 1966, yeah. this is how Check you out do the it. Blue race. <laughs> <laughs> that's boy. That's they're going to be flying off the shelves now, Mickey. Yep. <laughs> now, was there any one song in the whole Monkey's catalog? that kind of sums up how you feel about the monkeys or how you feel about your fans. Is there any particular one? And if so, what would that be? Wow. What a great question. Um, geez, so many great tunes in the catalog. And it depends, you know, my favorite changes. People ask me that all the time. And mm -hmm. my favorites, it, it changes all the time. I, I, I don't think I could come up with one, not one song. It, there's just too many. I must say, uh, of of all the writers, I gotta say I'm mostly, uh, I'm very fond of uh, uh, Mike's songs. Mm -hmm. Loved singing harmonies with him. Love Carol King, uh, Jerry Goffin tunes. Um, love Boyce and Hart. Love their tunes, you know. Mm -hmm. And remember that Boyce and Hart cannot get enough credit because right. they were not only responsible for writing some of the best songs that we did. But they also produced the early songs. Yes. And as such, they were responsible in a huge way for the, the, the sound of the monkeys. Mm -hmm. That's what producers do. Absolutely. Take an act and, and craft a particular unique sound. And that's, and that's what they did. So they must not be, must not be forgotten. Well, Mickey, uh, I'm, you know, you, you, you mentioned Mike. I'm, I'm still looking forward to the album that you're going to put out someday called Mickey Does Mike. <laughs> We've actually talked about that. I know. I've been listening. Oh. <laughs> Just like I, when I was talking about your daughters, I was going to say, and of course you have four daughters, all of them girls, because <laughs> I've heard you do that a million times. But, uh, yeah, right. you know, uh, once again, I want to thank you for dropping by. And, Thank you. You know, you, you mentioned that back in the day you used to build a little thing to broadcast out to your mom in the kitchen. If you ever want to come spin records, the chair is always here for you. You <laughs> okay. can actually host the show. If you want, you can interview Mike. We'll have you call him and, or whoever you want to interview. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. That'd be cool. <laughs> but seriously, this show is yours. We want to thank you for being part of it. And thank you for letting us be part of your world today. And uh, seriously, Mickey, just uh, thank you. There's not much more I can say about it. I remember in St. Louis, we mentioned that the show was in honor of four very cool guys. And you said, who? The Beatles? <laughs> and <laughs> everyone cracked up. Thank you once again for being part of this. And well, anytime you. you want to promote. Thank you for your time. No, thank you. And get out there and see Mickey Dolans. Get involved with the meet and greets. All the money goes to a good charity so you can feel good about it when you meet the guy, when you get something signed, and it's going to help somebody. So we want to encourage folks to do that. Thank you, Mickey Dolans, and we will see you soon on the next thank you, sir. episode of Zilch. See you, Mickey. See you. Bye-bye now. Thanks. 
that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around.